At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trena. Very, very excited about this week's episode. We've got Kevin Harlan, who just got out of the NBA bubble after calling games for TNT, and now he's on the football beat for CBS and Westwood One Radio. And uh, great chat with Kevin one of my favorite play-by-play guys in all the sports and uh, enjoyable conversation with him. Before we get to it, let me just give you a quick reminder. If you missed any previous episodes of the SI Media Podcast, you can go into the archives and check them out and also subscribe. We had Andrew Marshan on last week to discuss sports media news, NFL and college football specifically for the 2020 season. Two weeks ago, Brian Baumgartner from The Office and Renee Young, formerly of WWE on the podcast. Recent guests also include Keith Hernandez, Kyle Brandt, Joe Buck, Jeff Van Gundy. So check all those out in the archives and subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. Okay, let's get right to this week's show with the man with the best pipes in sports, Kevin Harlan. All right, joining me now, one of the best in the business and uh, it's a busy time for him. Always good to get him on the SI Media Podcast, play-by-play man, Kevin Harlan. Kevin, how's it going? Jimmy, it's going great. I'm in the, um, I'm in a closet. <laughs> where they have built a 2K NBA video game uh, production recording studio for me. And so I've not been here many times, but uh, they, since it just went up, but it's kind of, <laughs> you're kind of like my first, <laughs> first interview through it. So it's, it's good to be on with you. So NBA 2K <laughs> built you the studio in your house. Yeah, they, they sent all this equipment and they've got these uh, sound cushion things you put on the wall i've also got all my clothes in here oh my god so that kind of helps so it deadens the noise and uh, and really has worked out pretty well they built two for me one here and we have a a, a home up on lake michigan and they built mm-hmm. one up there for me so i can do some recording in the summer and i can record in the fall and winter back home here in the kansas city area and that has made it uh, really convenient for me I, I like using the clothes as a way to cut down on the on the uh on the vibration, the, the reverb there on in the uh, in the room. That's, that's if it were my wife's closet, the, the, there would be unbelievable <laughs> noise because 
she has so many clothes it would just it would engulf every possible yeah. uh, nuance that, that would happen in a broadcast and recording. <laughs> that's it, this is a crazy time we live in. That's it for is, sure. I know it. I know. I'm looking at you right now, and you've got you've got the setup in your home. It looks like. Yeah. Well, this is easy for me. I just do a microphone and figure out where I want to sit for the day. So I, I, it could be a lot worse for me. Um, oh yeah. It's a great first week for you because you get to call Joe Burrow there in Cincinnati. But I want to I want to start with the bubble first, real quickly. How long were you in in the bubble for? Do you know how many days it was? Or it was a little over the first time I went down. I was a little over three weeks. Then came home for ten days, and then went back for two more weeks. So originally they wanted me to come down for the open of the uh, restart of the season. Those mm-hmm. eight games, those seeding games they played, right. And then go home for the first round, then stay for the second round and the conference finals. And when my NFL schedule wouldn't allow the conference finals, they they reassigned and they gave me the second round. And uh, then I left. I, I lit. What happened was is we weren't expecting some of these series to go as they were. So because I worked for two different companies that are together for the tournament, the NCAA basketball tournament they are still two separate companies. So mm-hmm. I had somehow to get myself from the last game Friday night in Orlando, a playoff game between the Clippers and the, and the uh, Nuggets, to Cincinnati so that I could be tested by 6.30 a.m. on Saturday. And there's only one way to get there, and that is charter a plane. So I did, so I could get up there in time. I landed at about 1.30. I was in bed by 2.00. I woke up at 6, was downstairs getting tested at 6.30 in the morning because CBS Viacom has their own special requirements right. for all their employees to get tested by a certain time. And that was the last possible time that I could be tested. And if right. I weren't tested, I couldn't work on Sunday. Right. So it was important to get up there. That is amazing. I wonder, I wonder who CBS would have used Sunday if you couldn't have called that game. They well, have, we've, we've, they've, got, they've got people that were not working that weekend that they could okay. go to, um, and, and they were on standby. But I had passed like 20 tests at the bubble right. with the NBA in Orlando, so I felt, pretty, I felt pretty confident that I was in good shape, and it was so, a confirmed Saturday morning. <laughs> so Friday night, call an NBA game in Orlando in the bubble get yes. on a plane to Cincinnati and get tested by 6.30 in the morning. Yes. Wow. And yes. when you get that test in Cincinnati, how soon after that do you get your results? It was about um, 24 hours later. I got the test results on Sunday morning at 3.15 in the morning. And the people in New York, wow. my superiors, were, were texting, hey, have you gotten the results back yet? Right. <laughs> like at midnight. I said, no, I haven't. Right. So not until Sunday morning at 3.15 a.m. I saw the email come in and I was, I was you know, kind of concerned about it that night. And I really didn't sleep all that well because I want to make sure I, I had passed. You never know. And um, I think I woke up at five. I, I got it and quickly texted uh, a couple people above me that were interested in the results. And, and they found out and I was all set to go. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, talk to me for a minute. I'm curious about the, the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, so it just would have been impossible for you to do the games in the bubble because you have your NFL assignments. Well, the NBA wouldn't let me come and go. The NBA, right. I think Turner went to him and they said, here's our situation. You know, could he come in for a couple games, maybe miss one, come back in, re-quarantine, and do a few more, and the NBA did not want that. And, and, and probably 
You know, Turner didn't necessarily want that too. I had lunch many times down there with Brian Anderson and, and we had talked and, and he was the one who brought it up. He goes, Hey, listen, if, you, if they want me to come in and like do a game while you're doing the NFL, um, I'm all for it. I, I would love to do that and make it work. And I think he actually said something, but I think, I think by that time it was, it was determined that that would not work from an NBA standpoint. They didn't want that. I think Turner was more comfortable with one more voice and they should as we're both filling in for Marv while he's not there. So is there any, uh, was there any thought even for a split second of maybe trying to not do the NFL for a couple of weeks until you finish out the Western conference finals? Well, I had just, uh, during the hiatus of the NBA. So this is late March, early April had re-signed with CBS on a, a nice deal. And they put me with the new partner. Right. And they've got 17 weeks in the contract at this schedule position right so it's it's it wasn't really fair to cbs that i asked off for the month of september right when they are in their normal contracted window yeah and the nba has just kind of put this restart wherever they wanted to and they happened to place it in july august and september and october and um when it comes and you also have the monday night football game too as well yes yeah but westwood was pretty flexible with me there they're in fact, this year, Westwood is doing a lot of things uh, geographically and keeping guys in the East and keeping guys in the West. It really doesn't fit for Monday night, but uh, in a few instances, uh, we are not going like to New York because they need the 14-day quarantine and you've got to be a, uh, an essential personnel stamp guy to do that. And we're not there at CBS yet to get that that could carry over to Westwood one. So complicated, but yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm uh, but they were good about, no, if you need to get out, we understand and so Turner had, but, but, but I think Turner at the same time, Jimmy felt like, like this isn't your contracted time in the spirit when the contracts were signed, right. Turner is from mid October into May and the NFL on CBS is from September through December. So right. when you start to measure, you know, who really got precedent, it was, there really wasn't any language because of this, which I'm sure from this point forward, <laughs> there, there will be in every contract, <laughs> but in mine, there weren't. So right, right. those words weren't in there. So so from a personal standpoint, is, is it a bummer that you had the opportunity to call the Western Conference? I mean, it's kind of bizarre because you would have gotten the chance to call the Western Conference Finals because Marv didn't make the trip because of COVID. And it's sort of COVID that prevented you from calling the Western Conference Finals because yes. you can't be in and out of the bubble. So I, I don't know. That's a weird one to process, I think, in your brain from a personal standpoint. It was, you know, and I was, I was obviously thrilled that, that Turner uh, thought of me in those terms. But my first response when they called and told me back in late June was, well, what about Marv? And then they explained that as of at that moment, um, it didn't look like Marv was going to go down. And, um, and I said, well, I, f- I feel horrible about that because no one enjoys this time of the year more than Marv Albert. And he should be there. That, that, that is his role. He is our lead voice. He is the, 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 the signature voice in the history of NBA broadcasting. And, and, uh, and I know that he probably would have liked to have been down there, but there was a part of him too, I'm sure, with our company that was saying, you know, it, it probably isn't advisable mm-hmm. um, with age being considered to travel during this time. So I felt bad for him to mm-hmm. be quite – so it really kind of – Honestly, it kind of watered down my enthusiasm for getting that assignment. Right. And then I said, well, when exactly are those dates? And I started looking at my calendar <laughs> and I said, well, you know, the NFL is going on. I said, you know, we may have an issue here. And that, that then brought, you know, 
as high as Sean McManus and as high as Jeff Zucker in to discuss what was going to happen and who really, you know, had the maneuvering. And, you know, they, they both, you know, were able to bend a little bit. But, but CBS said this is when he is contracted to work. And yeah. I think Turner understand that. And, and, and there have been a lot of guys. I'm not just the only one. There are a lot of guys, you know, from, from tape people to camera people to audio people that work behind the scenes that had said yes to the NFL season. And now they were kind of in that same boat trying to weigh what way do I go? Who do I serve? How do I handle this? And it was very complicated. Well, you just have to hope. You hope LeBron, you know, takes care of the Nuggets in four games and then it won't be as bad of a loss for you. As- yeah, yeah. <laughs> but believe me, you know, that, that, that's, that's, that, that was a, a wonderful offer from, from Turner. And they know how much I was honored by that, mm-hmm. by that assignment. And they know how much I hurt by not doing it. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, from everything we've heard from a fan perspective, um, the bubble's been great. The NBA's done a great job with it. I'm curious from an announcer perspective, um, did it work out as well as you could have hoped for down there in Orlando? It was, I thought, yeah, about as well. That, that's a good phrase to you, about as well as I could have expected and maybe exceeded my expectations. Um, we were not on the floor, and there's a whole completely different way now you handle that. you got to retrain your eye about substitutions and maybe a side conversation going on on this bench or that bench. Um, you know, it's hard from that distance to see the initial call by the official on a foul. Um, and then, and then you miss without the contact with, with staff, coaches, players, etc. You, you miss the interaction before a game to get other notes to fill in your boards and, mm. you know, last minute nuggets that you can use. And we always have, and we didn't have access to that. We had the zoom, but that was, you know, pretty standardized. And there were a lot of people on it and it was about a 10 minute thing. And you really couldn't pull someone aside and say, Hey, tell me off the record about this guy's performance or about what you think about whatever. And, and those were gone. So you miss those. And you miss talking to the other broadcasters from these other teams because they have a lot of little things they can feed along the way. And you appreciate that. So from that's kind of the, the aesthetic standpoint uh, of the actual doing the broadcast, the sound in our headsets, the view we had, it was fine. I mean, you'd love to be on the floor, but we were back. It was no big deal. And what, you, would, you had the plexiglass between you and Reggie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that really – he was no more than like a foot away from me in, right. in, you, know, uh, you know, in terms of measurement. But we had the plexiglass there, so there was no chance of, of too close. And so it was fine. It was fine. Now, Trent and I – Trent Green and I were in Cincinnati this past week. We had the plexiglass between us, mm-hmm. but we had – and CBS wanted this to be – we were six feet apart. I mean, like we were probably more than six feet apart. Right. And it was a little odd. I don't use a spotter. A lot of guys are using spotters and stack guys. And so there's a lot going on. And I know they had to all adjust because they were not right by their side like they normally are. Well, for us, it was great. I mean, it, it, I, I looked over there. There was no one between us. There was no double plexiglass or anything. And right. so it was fine. And with Reggie and I, it was fine too down in, down in Orlando. Have you never used the spotter for NFL games? I haven't. I have always felt that, um, you know, when I started broadcasting when I was about 15 doing games, I did games on the top of cars. I did games holding on to a telephone pole up about 10 feet (laughs) off the ground. I did games on my stomach on top of a press box because in those high school games, there was never a, a place to broadcast. It was filled with people. And so you had to find the next best place. So like on cars, on telephone poles, you know, on my stomach or, or sitting down on, on, a, on top of a press box. So I kind of learned, I, I said, you better be responsible for your own stuff here. And, and I learned at that age doing games for our high school radio station, which was 10 watts, 
up in Green Bay, you know, how to kind of work that into my weekly routine about getting ready. And then I've always felt, you know, now CBS, of course, offers us a chance to, to take a spotter and a statistician. We do do the statistician. Right. But um, I, I, I don't, I, I guess I feel like it's incumbent on me to know these players better literally than anybody else. That's my job is to know the players. And that's not, you know, a shot at other broadcasters. I get it. I mean, we, there are times that I'm hesitant and I'm waiting and I'm waiting, but um, I just, I just think it's kind of part of my weekly routine. Interesting. So in calling the NBA games um, from the bubble, the way you did, what did you have to adjust with a different viewpoint? What, did you still have as clear a look as you needed? Do, do you NBA? Do you do that off the monitor? Or you do that right off, or do you do that naked eye? I I, okay. I always use my yeah. own eyesight. Although in front of me, I had we had three things which are kind of interesting. We had a stat monitor because my stat guy was off to my left and hard to hand notes back and forth. He couldn't. So a lot was on my stat monitor was right here to my left. Right in front of me was the program monitor. And then over on here was a, uh, a computer-sized screen, and our person in the truck who handles commercials and breaks and promo reads would flip up the card, and so I was reading it on, on the screen. And we did it with CBS, too, in Cincinnati, and we'll do it this week down in Houston with the Ravens yeah. and, and Texans game. Uh, and it was fine. You know what this, the, I was thinking about this, though? I said it was easy, and it, it was flawless, and it worked at well. And, and then they gave me – cards off to the side if there's a technical glitch but which there wasn't but we may have just cost somebody a job in this business because there is somebody over the years decades that has handed a card to an announcer to read whether it's a promo card or a commercial card or whatever and someone to kind of handle the business in the booth now that's kind of on the shoulders of a broadcaster and in this money-saving mode that we're all in at every every business especially in broadcasting that may have cost somebody a job, and I feel bad about that, but it really did work flawlessly, and, and yeah. there was no effort to it. Yeah, I, there's, I think there's going to be a lot of changes in sports media after yeah. when we, if we ever hopefully True. come out of this. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, you know, I don't know if you caught it. Um, I think it was, it was over the weekend. I'm trying to remember. The, the Rockets. It was the Rockets game. Um, uh, Rockets-Lakers, where Mike Breen, who did something he rarely does, and he, he botched a call, and he called a three-pointer good. And Jeff Van Gundy was giving him the business a little bit. And, you know, they've said, oh, there's plexiglass in front of us or something like that. You know, and it was great that I mean, I, you know, listen, you're Mike Breen, you're the top voice calling the NBA finals. You can make, you know, you can make fun of yourself when you make a block. You know, I wish more announcers would do that and address it instead of pretending it didn't happen. I thought he handled it perfectly. And obviously, Jeff Van Gundy was busting his chops about it. And it was, it was pretty good TV. Well, you know, Mike, he has got uh, personal uh, qualities that outmeasure most everybody I've ever met. He's a, uh, he is one of the most sincere, genuine, down-to-earth, professional people in any walk of life I've ever been associated with. And I was blessed down in Orlando to have a lot of lunches with Mike and Ian mm. and Brian Anderson and um, Dave Pash. And that was one of the great sidetracks of it, but uh, of being down in the bubble because yeah. we're all in the same hotel and had lunch virtually every day together. But uh, I read your column and, and did not know it. No. Um, <laughs> so I, I read it and then listened. And, you know, Mike handles everything honestly and professionally, as he always yeah, yeah. does. And Dan Gundy, the brothers both. You know they're they're all you know they're kind of shooting from their hip there, which is fun. You know it's it makes them, I mean um, Stan's been a great addition. Stan's he been has. a great addition. Yeah. I, I I've I've been down with the elevator a couple times and I've always enjoyed him when he was coaching and our meetings. But I could see how Mike could do that. You know your, your frame 
is is different. And think every game he's ever broadcast has been courtside. Right. And for virtually all of us, they have been. Um, so I can see where that would happen. The plexiglass does give a different kind of dimension. I was initially worried about voice bounce back. I thought re- mm-hmm. reverb in the in the in the plexiglass phone booth as it was, and and there really was none of that. Then Mike had said to me, he "Goes, are you worried all about the players hearing our, our our yells and screams up there?" And I said, "Yeah, I never thought of that. I guess I was, but there's so much noise going on in that yeah. building. We could scream at the top of our lungs, and they wouldn't hear it." So I can see where any announcer, and it was hard yeah. sometimes too, Jimmy. Quite frankly, on substitutions that you know because you're so many moving parts in that broadcast booth, forty rows up and on the mezzanine level and off the floor, a guy would sneak in that you perhaps didn't see, or there'd be multiple substitutions, uh, sub packages coming in for both teams, you might miss a guy. And and there are a lot of guys that, you know, have same build, same headband. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can name about three or four combinations that were very quick and the, as fast as the game is going, you know, it, it was tough sometimes to get up to speed if you were delayed because you were reading a promo and we're not looking at the floor, you're reading something about, about ESPN or TNT, and here come two new guys coming in. Now you're back, and, and the, here goes the game. You're trying to reorient yourself. And so I can see where that would right. happen. It was yeah, yeah. totally understandable, so I get it. And Oh, listen, it's listen, yeah. you, you, you the, call, you're always going to blow a call every now and then. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. you, you want it to just not be in a big spot. And I mean, that was in the middle of the game, so it was fine. But um, I thought they handled it very well. I think Jeff, I think Jeff said, you know, you should have gave it a bang on that one. It would have been even better. Which <laughs> 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 I thought was great. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm so... You call. I, I apologize for not knowing this. I meant to look it up, and then I forgot. Which Monday night game? I assume you did Steelers-Giants on Monday well, night. Well, no, I did. Uh, they always have us on the second game. About half the network oh, okay. picks up the first game. 
because we have so many uh, stations west of the Mississippi, and they've got their afternoon blocks in, and a lot of them uh, do not have the uh, uh, we'll, we'll pick up the second game. So okay, Kurt so and I did, were on the second because we have the entire network in the second game and about half the stations on the first. So you did Broncos, Titans on Monday, and then you did the um, for radio, and then on CBS for Sunday you did Bengals and, and Chargers. Tell yeah. me um, which experience, the, the two NFL games this weekend or the NBA in the bubble, which was the weirder experience with the empty stands? Oh, I would say the NFL. I would say the NFL uh, for sure. The, the NBA, it's like a big TV studio and every inch is used for some purpose. So there was a lot like around you, like it was full, like, like uh, not with people, but just with partitions and areas for people to sit and, and screens and, and curtains and soundboards and plexiglass. Like there was just a, there was just a lot, lot going around. And in the NFL, you're in your regular booth and you look out to this wide expanse and you see empty seat and like nothing. But the one thing, and I may have mentioned this to you, and I'll apologize for repeating myself, but once you get locked into doing a game, like you kind of block all that stuff out. Right. Like, you're so into who's in, what's going on, how's your call, how's your voice, how's your delivery, how, what, am, I, am I managing the game the right way, am I you know, doing the things that I need to do on radio, a completely different set than on TV. And so your mind is so like fixated on all these things, you're really kind of blocking that out. But there were times when if there was a big play or you come back after halftime and you look out and there's just like nothing it's just it's just crowd and so yeah i'm definitely the nfl you yeah. know i have a i have a friend of mine who works for an nfl team and he he had told me a couple of days before the season started like i don't know how we got to do this but we got to get fans in here it's just so weird for the players on the field and i would imagine it's just as weird for the broadcasters. I mean, you have, I'm sure you feed off a crowd, um, you know, high points, low points, whatever it is. It's got to be an adjustment, I would assume. Well, as I've said often to people that have asked that same question, it's like a symphony when you're, when you're broadcasting, a big play sounds better with this big, you know, big symphony in back of you and of a crowd noise, boos or hisses or yells or screams or whatever. And that, that, that ambient noise is so great, and um, it, it's a nice backfill to a call. Yeah, you do miss it. And so, like people said, uh, they, they've noticed that NBA announcers in the bubble, for instance, are talking a little bit more. I think we're compelled to fill in those moments, those mm-hmm. pockets of space that normally would be reserved for the fan, for the crowd, for the roar, and now are incumbent on us because if there's a big play – you know, here comes LeBron and he jams it down. Then you're saying, you know, there's no like roar at the end of that right. to make it a complete call. So you kind of extend it a little bit, which is which feels a little bit funny. So yeah, so I was anyway, thinking about that on the uh, on, on on the Burrow QB sneak, QB drill, whatever yeah. it was, for the, where he ran in the touchdown. I mean, that place would be, you know, the Nuts. roof would come off that place. Yes, yeah. yes, an Ohio boy back home, two and a half hours from where he grew up. And yeah, you know, number one overall pick, you know, the, the, the hope and prayer of the franchise going forward, it would have been something else. And it was a great play and he got a terrific block and he was hesitant and patient with the block. And then he cut the right way and, 
Yeah, no, it was it was wonderful, and you you missed that. It was it was weird. It was real weird. Yeah, and I I think about that moment you had that everyone loved to death when you were calling the two games at one. You were in Kansas City, and then you were like giving us the updates on New England and Miami. I think it was. I you call that in a totally different way if there's no fans in that building. I mean, it's it's yeah, everything you know, is just so different. It is. It is. You know that particular play um i don't know if people i am assuming some people were listening to us maybe it was up on the board but almost as those words were coming out of my mouth on that december day at arrowhead an important last weekend of the regular season for the chiefs and for the other teams in the afc playoff picture in seating and where you were going to be placed it was it was like they almost heard what i said we always have about a six second delay in our broadcast and so it almost matched up perfectly with the final words a little bit of it, has, and then they, and then the crowd began to realize it, and we actually said that. So it, it, that was like stuff you could, you could try to do that the rest of your career, and the timing would never work out where something happens in your game, and then the second to kind of reload, and here comes something in the other game you're watching, and now here back to your game, and then back to that game. Then the crowd comes like it was just, it was like perfectly sequenced. Any any broadcaster would have done the same thing, but in this particular instance, it was the intersection of right timing, the, the, the sufficient time between the two actions at the two different locales, and, and then we were able to, to grab it. And I think I, I mentioned to you, I broke CBS protocol. Protocol right. says, don't say anything. <laughs> go, go back to <laughs> right, right, James right. Brown and Boomer Esiason. And, and of course, I broke I, that. And so I took off my headset at the end of that game thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> I think it worked <laughs> out the well. The bosses aren't mad. <laughs> it worked out well. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a couple of times you have a new partner this year on CBS, Trent Green. Um, now, listen, you've been calling games for a million years in every sport. You're a veteran. I'm sure you can do a game with anyone. But I would assume you didn't get any practice games with Trent Green because of COVID. Or I don't yeah. even know if you would have had a practice game. But We were. We were supposed to do one of the uh, preseason games. CBS does two preseason games. Right. We were supposed to do the game in Atlanta, national game in Atlanta. So and was that awkward to your first game with your new partner? Is this, you know, game? You know, with, we, uh, we had worked some games for Westwood. We had done a couple oh, of okay. playoff games along the years uh, with Westwood. So we had a – and we're both in Kansas City. And we're, we're friends. Our boys went to the same high school. And so we, we've known each other. We've been to dinner with uh, he and his wife, Julie. So, yeah, we go back many years. I didn't call his games for the Chiefs. I was already at the network. But, but we know each other and have worked together. So that was comfortable as it was. He's, you know, I, I've had a chance to work with Rich Gannon, another former Chiefs quarterback, then to the Raiders. And, and we became very good friends. We worked together for about 10 years. And I, I love Rich as a, as a partner. And I love him as a friend. And when they called to tell me there was going to be a change, I thought it was for Rich and I, because I, 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 uh, they had always said they liked us so much together, and they did, but then they, they wanted to make this move. And, and um, so, so the, the painful part about it is, I think any broadcaster would say the same thing. You hate to leave a partner because you've got so much equity built up in, in preparing together, broadcasting together, the ups and downs of a season, the travel, everything. And, and Rich and I, and I knew his girls, I know his wife, Shelly, I, I, I know, I mean, it was, it was, it was hard to leave him, but yeah. I know Trent as well and excited about the new challenge of working with a new uh, partner and, and welcome that challenge. And you, so you, you, you were bumped up to the number three team for CBS behind Nance Romo and Ian and, and Charles Davis. Kind of a bummer that that happens when Tom Brady leaves to go to the NFC because you'd probably get a few more of those. But I, I think, you know, the Patriots are always going to be one or two anyway with Cam Newton now. And, you know, we saw week one that obviously Bill Belichick is already working his magic. So yes, there'll yeah. be good games there from, from, um, 
<clears throat> that's it. But this is a weird question, but I've always wondered this as a fan. And this is for every announcer. It's not just specific to you, but it just happened that it happened to you this weekend. Is it ever the word weird is not the right word, but maybe weird is the right word. Is it ever weird or a little bit of a bummer when you're calling a game like you had the Bengals charges at four or five on Sunday? When you know the whole country is watching the other game that's going on at that time, because when Tom Brady's for playing his first game as a buck against the Saints, that's one way you throw up your hands and you're like, OK, well, we know everyone's going to be watching Fox right now. Is that in your head at all when you're calling a game like that? No, it's not. Um, and that happened to be the second game on CBS. If you took the percentage of the games, that was the second highest percentage game. Because it was a standalone, it's a, this is weird network talk. I don't want to get yeah. too much in the weeds here, but yeah, yeah. but that that standalone game from a network when they don't have a doubleheader goes in all these NFC markets. So we had Seattle, we had of course Los Angeles with the Chargers. We had uh, I think we had Miami, we had uh, Chicago, Detroit, Minneapolis, Green Bay. We had uh, you know big swap. We had twenty four percent of the country in all these big markets. We had Philadelphia, so that and with Dallas. So, so that's why um, it's a little strange. Mm to get a game like that. And, you know, Burrow was a, was a pretty big story going in. Nothing like Brady. Well, that, that was the thing. As a fan, I was pissed that the schedule broke that way only because I would have liked the Bengals at 105 because I would have locked in more on him. Yeah. Um, you know, I had it going on a second monitor and stuff. But, you know, if Tom Brady's playing his first game as a buck, you're sort of – that's where yeah. the priority is. No, I, I don't think about it. You know, because all my – you know what, what motivates me, to be quite honest? Because it's a standalone game – I know that all my bosses are looking at nothing but our game. They're not distracted with six other games going on in the opening window where they're listening to five minutes here and five minutes there and five minutes of this game and five minutes of that game. Right. And then they're going back and just, and, and it gets like, there's just a lot going on. They had nothing on, but our game. And when that happens, um, you make sure that you you're buckled in and, and, and ready to go harnessed for the ride. And, and, and so you can motivate your way, your, your way through a schedule if, 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 a, if you get an unattractive game or if you get a low percentage game or you get whatever, to me, the NFL is the NFL. Every game really could be national because it's no. that kind of a sport. You couldn't say that about baseball and probably not about, about the NBA, but you can about the NFL. And um, so I know that people were watching, but more importantly, uh, you know, this is my company. They, they expect an, as good a performance as I can give them regardless of how many are going to see the game, when the game is going to be shown, what the matchup is. I think of that. I, I think about making my bosses happy back in New York. Yeah. I'm it's, selfish, it's, you know, it's selfish so, that way. <laughs> it's so interesting to me to hear you say that because, listen, everyone wants to do a good job no matter what their profession is. And, you know, when I'm writing my column, I'm thinking in the back of my head, like, you know, make sure we don't anger the bosses or anything like that and do a good job. But, like, and I know this isn't for you to say, this is for me to say, like you're, you're one of the few announcers that's does not get criticized that much. You're super popular on Twitter and on social media. People love hearing you do the game. You got the voice. So it's funny to me that you even, even you still worry about what the bosses are thinking. Oh, well, I, I think if a, if an announcer doesn't have a little bit of paranoia in them, a little bit of, uh Oh, I, I think you're in trouble. I think mm -hmm. you lose your fastball. You know, John Madden always said, uh, if you're not getting talking about football players and teams, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And it's so true. If you're not evolving as a broadcaster, trying to get better as a broadcaster, finding a new way and better way, a more efficient way to do things, you know, it's, it, it will cost you. And, and you see guys, you know, maybe exhale a little bit more than they should and they shouldn't, they shouldn't yeah. exhale. It's every week is a test. Every 
test is important. So I don't take any of these games lightly. And, and you know, here's an here's interesting thing. When we get our assignments for the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. we have eight broadcast teams, right? So when they start putting these teams in the different parts of the country, the first thing an announcer does, it goes, okay, what teams are in my, what, you know, I've, you've been assigned to Philadelphia. Okay, so who's in, who's in my thing? Like I did that, 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 that. That doesn't seem very good. Why, why, this, why does this crew have, like, uh, you know, all these better, you know, bigger conference teams? Like, like, you look at these things, and you can't help but kind of compare where you're going down. And that is a mistake. That is a booby trap that will get up and, and bite you. Mm-hmm. Because more times than not, on paper, what looks to be maybe not as strong a region, those games turn out to be the best. Right. And in the NFL, the same can be true, too. You get a game that – it doesn't have a lot. It's not a lot of sex appeal to it. It's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. And it turns out to be a terrific game with a great storyline. And so you can't ever, you know, take a, you, I say exhale, you can't take a game off. You, you just can't do it. In this business, it's the highest form of broadcasting. I dare say that a play-by-play announcer with an NFL gig, you have reached, regardless if you're the first team or the 16th team, if you take everybody combined at NBC, ESPN, and Fox and CBS and put them, what, one, eight, I don't know how many teams are, 18 NFL broadcast teams, that's 18 play-by-play guys that are doing something that I almost would guarantee you every play-by-play guy in this business at whatever level would say that is an elite level. And, yeah. and, and you are doing the NFL on network television, and there's nothing to be taken lightly about that. And I don't take it lightly. So I'm curious, and, and and you know it's funny because it worked out that way for you on Sunday because obviously the interest in the country was in Buck Saints because it's Tom Brady's first game as a Buck, but you you got as good a game as you could have with the way the the Bengals and Chargers finished with Joe Burrow leading this drive where you thought okay here comes the legend of Joe Burrow this is going to be a big storyline and then obviously the kicker um, had his issues there and I still don't even know was it a pulled hamstring that he blood his quad you know. what, what happened there. You know what's still weird? We'll do a game and we'll get on a plane. We didn't do it this week because we're a late game and there are no flights out of Cincinnati. We'll get on a game, uh, get on a plane after a game, and it's about two or three hours afterward. And and a lot of times we fly with officials and they'll be up there with us and uh, in a seat maybe across from us or whatever. We get to talking as we're getting off the plane, changing planes wherever we're heading. And you forget completely what happened in the game you just did. Now, on my point, I'm I'm getting ready for Monday. So my mind is completely refocus to my two teams on Monday and finishing up my notes and listening back and making my whatever corrections. And, and um, you forget so much about what's happened, but I was curious to see about Guskowski. Um, not Guskowski. Well, Guskowski had a, had a yeah. bad game. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and, then, and then the kid for a bullock. Oh, there you go. You had both of those. You had both the kicker games this week. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's how mixed up we get. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I had bad kicking in both games. Yeah. Oh, with Gaskowski, couldn't even explain it. I mean, I, I, I don't. You've missed four kicks. One was blocked, and he missed three, and two were field goals, and one was a PAT. But, but yeah, I, he quickly went down. I thought it was a hamstring, but he was holding his calf. Mm. And we had the Bengals coaches right next to us. And I mean, the language out of that booth and the emotion. <laughs> and that guy missed it after Burrow had gotten him down there to try to tie the game. It was palpable. Like the oh, wow. balls were shaking. Wow. So it was. It was the. It was it was interesting, but yeah, I I, uh, I felt for every I, you know these kickers, and 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 you get a game like that, and you just try to present it as as best you can. But I guess he did hurt something in his calf, and and I'm not even sure what his status is as of now. You're in the right. middle of the week, so so 
you you did Denver, Tennessee. Were you able at all to watch any of Giants Steelers or are you too busy doing prep work? We got there early. We didn't know what kind of uh, situation traffic wise there would be in Denver. So Kurt and I, and we were out, we stayed at the airport. So we, we drove in from the airport, which is about a 40, 50 minute drive, depending on traffic and got in there. And it was our first game. And I think there were some things they wanted to highlight about the new booth set up, the partitions, right. which they've got. And, we can't have a guy handing me cards. So our producer in Westwood One has come up with a system that when I had to read a card and they are lickety split, man. I mean, they're, they're giving it to us and trying to cram it in between second and third down and they got to get in and they've got such a quota they got to hit that, that you, know, you know, timing is imperative when these are read. And when we go to break, because we have all, you know, 500 plus stations carrying this broadcast and it's, there's a lot of coordination. So they put these lights now on top of, the, you know, the, the little screen, which shows the things I've got to read and, you know, keeping track of that and watching the game and, and, and my statistical things over here with my guy over, you know, there's just, there's a lot of moving parts to that. So, yeah. and on radio, you know, you're so much more uh, involved because every word you say kind of leads the broadcast. You're describing everything, you're a reporter, you're trying to paint the picture, you're reading commercials. In TV, there are so many areas where, where you can, you know, have silence that you can kind of collect yourself a little bit and readjust and say, okay, I got to read this card while Trent's talking. Here's a little pause because they can see what's going on and now I can put it in there. Now I can do the play. So it's, 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 timing is just a little bit different. Right. So there was a little bit that we had to contend, but no, I, I did not hear any. Um, I heard a just, couple highlights from Ian. Yeah. Uh, didn't get to see any, no. And I was just curious as, as, a, as a student of broadcasting, which you are clearly uh, – you're, it, were you surprised at all that Fowler and Herbstreit were able to transition from doing college NFL so effortlessly? Because yeah. you wouldn't have known they were college announcers and had never done an NFL game. But And we just had a, a situation at ESPN where a college announcer had been sent to that position a couple of years ago, right. and people, for whatever reason, didn't take to him. Mm. And there's no doubt that Joe Tessitore is amongst the best play-by-play -play guys in the country. I watched him do a college game this past weekend. He was at the top of his game. He's outstanding. Um, but they make the move, mm -hmm. and now they've got Steve, who I saw coming out of the bathroom in Denver, and uh, we're about the same age, so it was fun to see Steve leave and congratulate him. And um, but but I'm not surprised about about Chris and Kirk because they're they're, they're so well. They pride themselves on preparation. Herb Street, you know, who's got to really go into the weeds on these kinds of games, as all analysts do on TV. He was terrific, and Fowler doesn't miss a beat, and he's such a pro, and mm. uh, there's nothing that make these guys blink. I think they love the opportunity, and I'm glad they were received well. I mean, yeah. it shows you that you can – it doesn't matter what level of football you're doing. If you do football, you do football, and they clearly were well-versed in the Steelers and the Giants, and while I didn't hear it, I read some of the reviews, heard a couple snippets. I'll be honest, when I was walking through the press box and it was turned on in Denver – and they sounded great, and, and they would be one of the top teams in, in the NFL if they were there. And, and Fowler deserves a lot of credit because, like, listen, they can call a game. That, that, that's not the issue. Um, you know, he came in as prepared as you could be for, you know, a sport he doesn't cover, and he had just done the U.S. Open for two weeks. So, yes, you know, yes. It, it, you know, I thought that was impressive. He loves tennis, and, and yeah. he's not uh, shy about putting it out there, and he loves all of it. And, and, and I don't know if it's his first love, but it's certainly – he knows it. He understands it. He's great at it. Um, so, no, I'm not surprised by Fowler and Herb Street or any of those people. They're pros, and pros can usually find a way to get through any kind of situation. 
So this this week you have um, you're in Houston for Ravens Texans, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, for yes. CBS, and then you go to Vegas for the first home game there. Now that to me, that's a huge bummer in this no fans in the stand situation. Like, you know, you have Vegas, which you know everyone's been waiting for Vegas to get this team for so many years. It's the Raiders who go from the black hole, which plays so well on TV. Now they go to Vegas and it's going to be empty there. And the Coronas, you know. The situation there is pretty bad. I mean, I saw a, a thing from the strip last week. I mean, the strip is still empty. It is. Um, so that's a little bit of a bummer. But I, I'm just curious. So this traveling, so you're going to fly from your house to Houston and then fly from Houston to Vegas. Is there any nervousness about traveling right now in, in this time? Or you just, you know, you put your mask on and stay away from people and that's it? Yeah, I, I, I don't really have a fear. You know, we, we've got our, one of our daughters is expecting her second. And uh, that little girl is due here in about 10 days. And very conscious when I come off the road, certainly that, that, you know, I'm feeling okay right. and really paying particular attention to that. I don't want to be around my wife and, and our kids. Um, so, I mean, I, that, that is my biggest concern, but no, getting on a plane. Nope. These airlines, I'm telling you, I, I fly two airlines in particular a lot because it just happens to work geographically with where I am. And um, can I put a plug in for them? Cause I, I think they're going to, but like, sure, go ahead. Delta and United. And, oh, and they jet blue. I'm a jet blue. Guy. <laughs> yeah. We don't have jet blue here in Kansas. Ah, so okay. uh, but my daughter who was in New York flew it all the time and loved it. Yeah. But, but these airlines are going above and beyond cleaning of the plane. It really gets down to the people that are coming in and, 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 but, but as far as the airlines and their responsibility and what they're doing with the plane, the air filters and the fresh yeah. air coming through and the cleanliness of the planes, they've never been cleaner. Like it's almost the, the, the only cleaner place might be a hospital right. where, where everything is sanitized. I mean, they're clean. I have, I have not now when you walk through airports and I have and I've walked through O'Hare and Houston and 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 big you know hubs Atlanta three times already um everyone's wearing a mask so so right. I feel if they're wearing a mask and I'm wearing a mask I I, I we're pretty much doing everything right. you know unless we're in our own individual bubble trying to work our way through airports so I know I, I don't I don't really feel any kind of misgiving about that I know I will say this CBS and Turner both are very concerned about sending us all out into the road in the world. And, and they, they feel, you know, you get on the road, there's just a lot of unknowns and from hotel rooms to transfers to everything. And, and they're both, they're almost like parents. They're almost like, you know, your, your daughter's going out on a first date <laughs> and you're, you know, I want you home now. Just, don't forget, Kirk, you know, you almost feel like a child with your parents telling you, here's yeah. what you can do. Here's what you can't do. And, you know, it makes you feel, even more embedded with the companies and, and feel fortunate that their loyalty to you is so immense that you want to give them that, that same loyalty back. Like they're so concerned about our well-being and welfare. They've gone above and beyond, beyond right. to make sure that we're healthy and safe. And it really, it's, it's heartening. Like it's, it's, it's amazing what they've done. I, I applaud both of them. They've been unbelievably kind, thoughtful, considerate, everything. Unbelievable. That's good to hear. And, that's a, and it's a good, that's a good double dip for you this weekend with Ravens, Texans, and then uh, Las Vegas. Well, I'm looking forward to I, this. I, the, listen, this is a great football weekend for me. I'm licking my chops. This will be a beauty. Yeah. I'm curious to see what, what they do in Vegas. Last question I wanted to ask, because I don't think I asked you, I don't think I asked you this when I had you on the first time with me. And I've, you know, I've always said on Twitter, you have the best pipes in the business. And I'm just curious, do you go through anything for your voice? Do you give it rest? Do you drink tea? Do you take days where you don't speak? Is it, or is that voice just always there for you? 
Well, pretty much is always here. Uh, that is one thing I've, I've been blessed with is, is a, a pretty strong voice, whether you like it or not, is individual and very, very subjective. So, but it does stay, it does, it, it's able to hang in there. Um, I will tell you that during quarantine, when I was off those four months, I did a lot of things. I went back and watched Summerall tape. I watched Ray Scott tape. I, I listened to the voices I loved growing up, like uh, just, just a variety of people. I don't want to bore you with the names, but mm. went back and let's watch a lot of Al Michaels and listen to his style and, and, and just how he handles certain situations. But I, I did go back and start to research a little bit voice preservation, voice health, right. voice you know, and all the different offshoots of, of that. And, and there are a few things. And then the other day I'm watching TV and I'm going back maybe a month or two ago. And I think there's an, I think it's an Apple computer editing um, suite of uh, commercial. Mm-hmm. And they've got an, they got a, a guy on there. A, 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 is it James Blake? Am I getting that name right? I, I, I'm probably Might be. wrong. Okay. It, it's, a, it's a musician. It's a singer. Right. And they show him before he's going to record in this laptop holding his cheeks up and doing like a lip trill or a, or a, or a tongue trill, which is like, like, you know, these different things that they teach. Like, so I know that when, when Broadway performers and singers and when uh, opera people and professional singers go out and belt out a song, I know that they're doing a lot of breathing and a lot of voice and facial loosening up, you know, whether it's, you know, and just getting everything ready to go. And I have, you know, like when I'm in the shower, I guess, I guess I can get a little bit in the, you know, <laughs> inside here. I've been doing it in the shower a little bit, just practicing. I've never, I've never done it before. And I'm this thinking is all new. This is all, all new. new. Yes. Yes. I'm just, I'm just trying different things. It's, it's the kind of, the, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. If you're not evolving, right. you're devolving. So, um, uh, so I've been trying that a little bit and I guess there has been a small part of me that feels at the end of a broadcast, and I've dealt one a couple here, did the, the NBA and did these, these two NFL games, I, my, I guess my voice feels a little bit stronger. Or I'm able oh, yeah. to kind of punch earlier on calls that need punching, and I'm able to kind of get to my tempo and level that in my mind I feel I've got to get to uh, quicker, a little, little bit more, more um, uh, easily. Um, more adroitly than maybe I had in the past. Sometimes I'd have to push it through and force myself to get in there. But now I find it, it's, it's kind of already there and ready to go when I'm ready to unleash it. So, okay. so that Kevin that, Harlan with a stronger <laughs> voice is a blessing for NFL fans. That's for sure. I, I, I hope JJ Watt has like a pick six on Sunday. Three, a couple of nights ago, you had a great call on a three. Cause I posted the video and I forgot who hit the three, but Afterwards, you said right. You gave a right between the eyes. Oh, it was Michael Porter down in down in yeah. Orlando. Yeah, it was a big three late in the game. Uh, he had he's been kind of a turbulent guy a little bit with some of the kind of off the off the cuff comments he makes, and he had been complaining publicly the game before about him not playing enough or whatever. And and uh, kids just blessed with tons of talent, but he's young. He's like nineteen year, twenty years yeah. old or whatever, and he hit this big shot late in a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. So really ice it, and. Um, uh, you know, sometimes you get a little carried away, but that's I not love carried it. away. You know, that's, that's, you know, well, you know, I, I hope people, I hope people when they listen, um, like, like it's, it's, it, I, I am such a fan. I grew up in a family of my dad was in sports his whole life. I've been around these players. I have such an appreciation. 
I when I'm getting excited, I mean, I am I am really yeah. you can't I don't think you can fake it because if you fake it, I think it sounds that way. Right. And I'm well, I think really, the issue is I don't want to sit here and critique broadcasters to no, no, no. broadcaster. I for me, this is the issue. It doesn't matter the sport because it happens in all sports, baseball. You can't be a play by play guy screaming on every play from start to finish screaming on a three yard run. You know, you gotta, when you pick your spots, that's when it becomes special, I think. So that's just me as, as a fan speaking. Yes. Um, you know, there's some guys if, who if you did it nonstop. It would just, it would drive you yeah. nuts. And, and I, um, I think I like to save it for the, you know, people say, why, why would you make a, a play in the second quarter or third quarter sound so big? I said, well, I'd like you to feel like as an announcer and as a reporter, and a guy that's called the NBA since 1982 that I've seen enough and felt enough and know enough that even if it's a third quarter big shot, maybe it's come at the, at the expense of a team letting the, another team have a run and they've gotten over a hump or, or right. a guy has been struggling with a shot and finally he makes a big shot or whatever. And, and I would like to think there's a little bit of trust. And listen, a great pass by LeBron James in the first quarter is to me as exhilarating as a big pass maybe in the fourth quarter. It, right. may, it right. may not mean as much in the body of reporting on a game, but for just theatrics and circus and, and just the, the passion for a game and watching a guy throw a pass that so few people can make, mm. take a shot or do a drive or do whatever, I think that's worthy of highlighting and, and making fun. And, yeah. and, and I am having fun, and I am into it, and I have passion for the game, football, basketball, both. And it is genuine, and I don't think you can be the other way and have it come across as genuine. I think you've really got to feel it to make it show. I agree, and most fans agree. Like I said, one of, one of the few announcers who doesn't get torpedoed on Twitter every week, so uh, <laughs> it's a good sign. And uh, we look forward to hearing you Sunday on Ravens-Texans on CBS and then Westwood One Radio uh, with the Raiders playing their first game in uh, – in Vegas, I'm sure you'll see Brent Musburger before the game. Find out what he's wagering, and have a nice <laughs> night in Vegas. I was on with them before the Super Bowl, uh, which I felt funny about. But you know, now we're we're showing about DraftKings and all these other companies yeah. that are, you know. And and oh, yeah. he was in Vegas doing a show. He was not in Miami, and I come back from doing a bunch radio row in Miami on that Friday night, going back to our hotel, and uh, and I was on with them, and you know his boy, he his you talk about pipes. I mean yeah. that guy. You, you don't know if he's 80 or 18. His pipes are strong. Yeah. He's got yeah. it. He sounds great. Yeah. But I will see Brent. I, uh, these old, older icons, these, these, these legendary figures, um, they're special guys. They've been through a lot. They've done a lot in this business. And, and I, I'm sure I, I speak for all of us that are a little bit younger than they are that we, we, we respect them. They, they've yeah. accomplished a lot. So I'll look forward to seeing, seeing Brent in Vegas and, and doing that game in particular, seeing that stadium and, Hoping, like all of us, that fans get out there sooner than later with this pandemic going on. Yep. That's, listen, I'm, I'm grateful we got a season. That, that's all that yep. matters right yep. now. Thank all goodness. Set. All set. All right. Stay safe. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way this season. Thanks, Jimmy. Always a pleasure to visit. I, I, I read you every, every early part of the week with SI, and I listen to your podcast. I learn more about the business <laughs> listening to your podcast than I, I do with talk with people in the business myself. So I appreciate it. Uh, thank, thank you. you. I, I, really, I really enjoy it. Thank you. Take care. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. My thanks to Kevin Harlan. Really enjoyed that conversation. Really good look at what a broadcaster is going through these days with the pandemic and, you know, calling games through it. Really good job there by Kevin. 
appreciate him coming on. Uh, if you are not a subscriber and you enjoyed that conversation, please hit the subscribe button. It means a lot. It helps a lot. Appreciate that. And uh, check out past episodes of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast in the archives. Last week, Andrew Marchand, sports media columnist from the New York Post, came on to talk about a variety of news topics in sports media, heavily focused on the NFL and college football. Two weeks ago, Brian Baumgartner, Renee Young, also on this podcast, Keith Hernandez, Kyle Brandt, Jeff Van Gundy, Joe Buck, all recent guests on the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. So if you're not a subscriber, hit that button right now. All right, that wraps it up. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Kevin Harlan for coming on. We'll see you next week. Stay safe and take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.